0: I'm going to be a little nostalgic this morning. I'm going to take you back to 20 years ago when I preached on this same text and same subject. The question is, why do we come to worship? I mean, you're busy. Many of you work. It's a good day to stay in bed and sleep in or maybe do other things. Or perhaps there's more to life than that, and that's what brings you. I want to tell you a story and update you on that story. It was 20 years ago, 21 years ago, that a group from this church, a Moore Park Presbyterian Church, got on a bus headed for Los Angeles International Airport to fly to Maccoby, Kenya. We had an intern here at that time, Moses Pulley, who was at Fuller Seminary, and he had a friend who was doing a doctorate there as well from that region of Africa. They told us a story about 21 young girls who had been orphaned because of the AIDS epidemic. They told us about a church that had struggled to put a roof on, and each time they had enough money to do it, there was a drought, and there was hunger, and so they spent their money there. And the need was to put a roof on the church and to build some type of a housing structure for these young girls. In addition, perhaps, if we could, to maybe do a vacation Bible school while we were there. So we thought going to Africa would be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you get to see the animals and it's a long exotic place to go to. So we got on the plane 11 hours to Amsterdam, spent the night. 8 hours to Nairobi, spent the night. Then it was 10 hours to Mombasa down a road that is hard to describe. We used seatbelts not for physical danger because the road was so bad, that's the only way we could keep our heads off the roof of the car and the trucks. From there we went an hour and a half up a muddy road for four wheel drive vehicles only and arrived at a place called makobi We arrived to a group of young children singing and welcoming, welcoming us We were soon to realize that you go to Africa to see the animals but as they like to say you fall in love with the people. And we did. And so we went to work. We had hand tools, we had arranged for the supplies to be taken up that road and ready for us. We framed the housing. We put on a roof on the church. And the folks there joined with us and put on a vacation Bible school. There must have been about 90 kids, and they had a ball. But something happened during that vacation Bible school that was a surprise, something we weren't ready for. Suddenly, there were women coming there with special needs children asking if we could help. We asked questions where they come from, the people in the church that they'd never seen them before. Suddenly, they were showing up with a ministry that no one had dreamed of. There was a school there. We got to little a schoolmaster found out that the school was near closing, not because there weren't kids, but in Kenya, you don't get to go to school if you don't have a uniform. And this was a poor town, poor area. Sunday we worshipped, as you would at any other place, in the church with a new roof, and there a mango tree. By the way, worship took at least two hours It wasn't a place where you come for 20 minutes and then look at your watch and say, when's the preacher going to quit? They did what we do. They prayed. They had children's choirs, and what were they good? They read scriptures. There was a sermon or two. They took offering. That was very interesting because there were a lot of things that came in there besides cash. Then they had an education hour, and that's where the women went one direction and the men went the other direction. Does all this sound familiar? It's beginning to sound like church, isn't it? Well, we were there. We had done our work. It was like a gathering place. Some people walked barefoot for two hours to come to worship. Why? Why did they come? Is it just to be social? No. I think they came for the same reasons you and I come. They're looking for something more. Something like hope and good news. It was Jesus' inaugural address. He came to a place of worship where they prayed. where They read scripture where they talked and expounded on the meaning of that. Other things happened in that location. On this particular occasion, Jesus was invited to speak. Let's listen to the words that Luke records for us in the fourth chapter. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. You might imagine what he said. His hometown boy makes good. But then when he began to speak, it got personal. And This is what we refer to as our Magna Carta of the gospel. It's what you and I are to be about. It was what he was about. It all started in worship. Why did they come to worship in Macobe? Yes, I think sometimes just because they were hungry. But I think those mothers came because they had a hope for these special needs kids. Longing for wholeness. For a God who comes to care, not by sacrifice. See, in the old time in Africa, they used to sacrifice young children under old trees so the spirits would heal the parents. Sounds barbaric, but it's true. So what has happened in the 21 years since we went? Well, out of the 21 girls, three were adopted by extended family and went with them. i left 18. There are four girls still in the process of getting their bachelor's degrees. And they're doing very well. There's a water well there. The hands of a community council. They manage the water. The first priority goes to the school. And then to the community. Two of those early graduates, just by information, one is an analytical chemistry person and the other is working in information technology. Some went to trade schools. One in particular that we are aware of came here for surgery and stayed with the Amadors for a year. It was hard work. She survived the surgery. My last account was the last time she was seen, she was running up and giving our friends a big hug. She's now a fashion designer working in her own business. All of these girls have an opportunity, an opportunity they would not have had before. In the community, we helped one of the people there get their master's degree in special education. Remember, I said, we saw a new need. They started a school there for special needs kids, and she became the principal. Today, that school is a flagship in Kenya. She's invited all over the country to speak about special needs education. The other school, uniforms, showed up because we paid for them. And suddenly, kids could go to school. A school through... Some work and also some teams that left here and went over there to help rebuild that school structure. Became one of the top 25 schools in Kenya, I'm told. Another group joined and helped with that from the Netherlands. We don't do this all alone. And we help the people who are there, we don't take it over. Where does all this come from? Why do people go do things like this? Just for an adventure? Well, people come because I think they go to worship. And they let worship speak to them and through them. The reality is through this whole ministry with this one mission, is that we have all been changed. The community of Macoby is thriving. If you have fresh water and you have clean water, your disease rate drops significantly. The girls that would were orphaned have hope. They have careers. They have a place to go. They're safe. Reality is, too, that we've been changed. Those of us who have been involved in this for 21 years. Ask anyone who gives themselves to a project shelter, the free clinic, Haiti, Bob Sears has long stories to tell you what's happening there. You see it's a reminder that the gospel is not just about you and me. It's more than I'll go to heaven when I die. Jesus spoke about it. He spoke to us as a missionary. He said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, good news for the poor. Release to the captives, recovery to sight of the blind, freedom for the oppressed. Wherever we find this, we have a call. Today we're doing some administrative things, business reports, budgets, on and on, and they're necessary because they do it there too. But let's never forget our calling follow this carpenter who preached, prayed, crucified, dead, buried, rose again, is with God the Father, who calls us to follow him. This is what the word is about. This is what the ministry is about. Pray be to God.